What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. This message must be read in every newspaper, heard on every radio, seen on every television. This message must resound throughout the entire interlink. I want this country to realize that we stand on the edge of oblivion. I want every man, woman and child to understand how close we are to chaos. I want everyone to remember why they need us. <laughs> the fuck is with this guy? Who is he? I'm your huckleberry. The decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. Everybody knows you never go full retard. You went full retard, man. There's an old saying in Tennessee, I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. If fool me, we can't get fooled again. So you smart, huh? No. I thought your hair would be bigger. It says on your chart that you're fucked up. Uh, you talk like a fag, and your shit's all retarded. So, just chill out. You know, drink a 7-Up, eat a moon pie, quit murdering people. You have smoked yourself retarded. It's a big club. And you ain't in it. I got hairy legs that turn that 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 that, that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down, so it was straight. And then watch the hair come back up again. What is your major malfunction, num nuts? And welcome to another Monday Night Master Debaters. It's going to be a good one. Middle of July. It's hard to believe we're flying through this year already. We're halfway through already. But uh, shit just keeps getting wilder. You know, we got we got Coke in the White House. We got New York's finally submitting to the stupid Vax Pass. It's like, man, there's so much shit going on. So we'll be all over the place tonight. We got a newcomer. We got Dusty from the Rainy Day Horror Show. How's it going, brother? It's going good. How about you? Good, man. Welcome aboard. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be good here. Things. I, I got a chance to listen. I was driving back from Connecticut today and got to listen to a couple of your shows. So I like what you do. It's not my style at all, but yeah. that's what's more interesting about it. Thank you. So what do you what do you got going on the podcast for those that don't listen? Well, I do my main show where my main episode is Sundays at noon, where I basically try and cover my, my main thing is paranormal and true crime. So I'm just now starting to dive into like UFOs, conspiracies, cryptids. And then on Tuesdays, I do like Reddit horror stories. I go and find them. And then on Thursdays, I do like horror movie breakdowns. And then starting this Saturday, I am doing Randonautica horror stories. Oh, damn. You got the whole gamut there. Yeah. Yeah. I pump out a lot. Yeah. Um, I listened to a couple of the true crime and oh man, dude, that's like the new 
thing that a lot of the conspiracy guys that start out hardcore, you know, conspiracies, they're now getting into like true crime and movies and things like that. And it's kind of cool, man. It's another little niche that nobody's covered so far. It is. I, I just am like weirded out that like people can get so messed up like that. Like I never really paid attention to it until I started this. Like I knew it can get bad, but like some of these people out here are awful. Oh, yeah. You got some fucking shitty people wandering this Mm -hmm. realm right now. Twisted, too. Yeah. And that's something I want to talk about a little later. I don't know if any of you guys have seen uh, the new uh, Marvel Disney Plus venture called Secret Invasion. It's basically a Nick Fury story. And holy fuck, I got I got some stuff we can play later for. It is crazy. It's about like shapeshifters and uh, basically humans being wiped out and all this shit. And It just it's it makes you think about like like they talk about they show you how these people come into their form and and how they go from being this like reptilian looking creature to a human and they can change human form at any time. You know, they can go from male to female, old to young, all this shit. And it makes you think like are some of these fucking psychopaths, are they really human or are they, you know, possessed humans or are they some sort of artificial human Mm. so crazy shit man well thanks for joining dusty this is gonna Mm -hmm. be a fun one ryan alexander from the notice and friends podcast back on apple right and everything you got back up back on everything back on everything Bringing the health controversies, I guess, talking about vitamins and stuff. It's uh, incredibly controversial, we're told. You're, you are putting people's lives at risk. You know this. It's crazy. I should mention to you guys, like I've been seeing this flood of people that are brand new into this whole truth thing and, and health thing. Usually, the, our average person on Instagram is like, oh, yeah, I, I'm completely organic already. You know, my kids have never been vaccinated. They're already completely on board. People are very health conscious in general on uh, in our Instagram audience. But we're getting a ton of people that I didn't ask them anything, but they come in and tell me, oh, yeah, I got the thing a couple of years ago, but I regret it. And I'm just now realizing all this stuff and yada, yada. Just thought I'd throw that out there. I know there's a wide spectrum who listens to this. And yeah, I, one thing I've been noticing on top of the uh, boom that we're having in the alternative health business in general crazy busy year we've had here best-selling month six months in a row month seven here in the year so we're on a roll here but on top of all that there's a ton of new people i'm seeing new people every single day who have woken up to the lies of this world and that's how i meet them coming into the the alternative health stuff realizing that hey they lied about basically everything they told us for the last few years and that kicked them over the edge into the dark side here with us it's it, it's funny you mention that because I spent the weekend actually socializing with other humans, which is a rarity for me because <laughs> I just can't deal with them. But and these are a lot of people that are real, you know, I would consider just regular mainstream people. And between 2021 and this year, the conversations that we had were so much different. And a lot of it was health based. You know, they were talking about how they don't trust their doctors anymore and they want to go more uh, naturopathic ways. And why would I get it from a pill when I can get it 
from nature or from, you know, in a natural form. And I was like, I was shocked by some of them. Um, and one of them specifically being one of my relatives who has an autistic son who was born perfectly healthy. And it wasn't until after his first round of jabs that all of a sudden now he had autism and severe autism, you know, debilitating where, you know, he'll need basically a caretaker for the rest of his life kind of thing. And, uh, it, I was shocked to hear even them saying, you know, yeah, that my doctor, I, I don't even listen to him anymore unless, you know, I need surgery or, you know, something reattached. I'm going my natural way first. It's, it's interesting. I published a book, actually. It's an obscure book. Almost no one's read it. It's called Good Morning Babylon, where I asked the audience members from my different uh, Instagram accounts their story of waking up. And most of it's from my cell phone tower, actually, Transcend Towers, cell phone tower account. So I wasn't expecting this, that many of the accounts of how they got into conspiracies and truth and all this stuff, it had to do with health. Their, their first thing that kicked them into this world was a health scare for themselves or family member. They they realized, you know, how backwards the whole system was and that caused them to look into other things. It really is a gateway drug for a lot of people to get into this truth world. That was, that was my story 100%. You know, I went through heavy medications for, uh, for arthritis and I've never been so deceived in my life. Like whenever I did some research on my own and brought up alternatives, it was automatically shot down and no, 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 we have something for it, you know? And it was like, it wasn't, and that was kind of the gate that opened up to say, you know, if they're lying about this, what else are they lying about? What, what else are they pushing on us that might not be best for us and might fill their pockets more? And man, that's that's a doorway that, or a rabbit hole you go into and it leads everywhere. It would be nice to feel that our uh, superiors, let's call them, that they actually knew what they were talking about. So I understand that it's a it's a really big letdown to realize that the entire medical industry or establishment and the political bodies that go along with it, that they really actually are completely clueless with most health problems. They actually have no idea what they're doing. It's just a total facade and it can be very, very shocking. And yeah, like you said, what else are they lying about or what else are they, they making up? What else are they pretending to know what they ta are talking about when they're telling us, you know, this is history or, or this is how this works. Do they really know? They don't know how to prevent the common cold or, you know, they don't know what causes heartburn. <laughs> if you peel it, peel it away, they don't know what causes almost anything. What else can they really know? Yeah, I mean, I think that's what's kind of, uh, you know, I know that you're an expert on this, Ryan, but I think that that's kind of dangerous to think that they don't know what they're talking about. I think that they absolutely know what they're talking about. And they're deliberately misleading people. And that's why this narrative has been built up. It's the whole idea of if you're fighting against an incompetent government, you feel empowered as the citizens or as the, uh, you know, people that are out here. Um, you know, I know citizens, that's kind of like a bad word these days, but like the, the average everyday people were, were fighting against an incompetent government, people that don't know what they're doing. I think that's the farthest from the truth. I think that these people absolutely know what they're doing and they're not stupid. They're evil and they're deliberately misleading us. Well, I agree in general that the stupidity theory, as Michael Parenti would put it, the stupidity theory isn't valid. You know, George Bush, he might look dumb, but he's not dumb. Right. The people who are handling him are not dumb either. But I, I would like to support the regular doctors out there. I don't think my doctor knows what's going on. 
is a thing you've all heard of, I'm sure, the Flexner Report back in 1910, where Abraham Flexner was sponsored to go around the country, America, and decide basically what medical schools are worth funding. And he came back and said only allopathic doctors, which is now what we call a regular doctor. They're allopathic doctor, reductionist doctor. They're the only ones that are worth funding. So that was back in 1910. So anyone who went to school post 1910, they never learned any of the other stuff. I, I just, I can't blame my regular doctor. I, I think him and many, many, most doctors, they, they just have no idea. It, it's sad. It really is sad. I had childhood arthritis. My doctor couldn't help me at all. He had a bunch of different pills to try. We tried them all. They didn't work because my condition was not caused by a drug deficiency. But he was never taught any different. If Unless a doctor goes out of their way to learn about nutrition, they, they just aren't taught it. They aren't taught how to promote health. They're, they're taught how to manage diseases. It's a very simple way, but that's a way to put it. But that's the truth. So I just, the conspiracy goes deep. But the actors on the ground floor, like the other conspiracies that we could talk about, the actors on the ground floor don't usually know what they're do. Like, they don't know what they're involved in. They don't know what they don't know. And they're busy, quite frankly. I, I experience dealing with people on a daily basis. I understand an average uh, GP, my regular doctor, he slammed morning to night. He doesn't even have time for his lunch break. That's why he goes golfing on the weekend. I just, uh, I get it that there's not that much time to go in and learn about all the other different modes of healing. They spent their time learning just one. All they learn is drugs, tests, and surgery, and that's it. And it is sad that they don't know health, but I can't say that my doctor is in on a conspiracy. And I assume that's the truth for most doctors. But at the top, we were talking about pharmaceutical companies and reps and heads and politicians that make these big decisions that affect our medical freedoms. They most definitely are aware of the agenda and the conspiracy. I'm just saying that the vast majority of doctors have absolutely no idea what they don't know. Yeah. It's interesting, though, that we that we, you know, talk shit about police that are undertrained. But then, like, you know what you're saying here, and, I, you know, I agree to an extent. The police are out there and they're undertrained. And then now we're talking about doctors that are undertrained. But it's like, oh, well, you know, they're too busy. Cops are pretty busy, too. I think that that's kind of a. I don't mean to give them an excuse, but once they're a doctor and they're trained and they're practicing and then they are busy, basically from their mid 20s all the way to the to when they retire. Any study that they do is completely extracurricular. You know, they do have to go and continue to upgrade their education as well for just being a, a, a licensed doctor to renew their license. They need to get continuing education, but none of it is about nutrition. It just never was. So they already have to spend time upgrading and doing more tests and stuff, but it just has nothing to do with nutrition. Well, isn't that the same thing with police officers? I I, I don't know if I'm drawing like the comparison, you know, uh, you know, very well. But, you know, the the way that you're saying the police that cops or I'm sorry, that um, doctors are focused on a certain thing. Police officers, they don't understand that, like, you know, the, you need to make connections with the community rather than just enforcing. Right. It seems like the, the same way. And I'm not I'm not trying to push back too hard on this idea, but it just seems that that at a certain point, we absolutely need to hold these independent doctors accountable for what they're out there promoting. And I know absolutely. That you're not to give them an excuse, but no, it's absolutely. Insane. Yeah, I'm not trying to excuse them, let them off the hook completely. I'm just saying I, I understand why they don't know what they know or what they don't know. They, they weren't taught it in school. And then they're put into this crazy profession. They do have to put in ridiculous hours. You know, you hear of interns and all this. They're doing three day shifts and they're on. Then they're on call for the next two days. Even if they just finished, they're still on call. Like it's nuts. I don't know why we want sleepwalking doctors around a hospital, right, but that's right. how they do it. And then if they do get into their own uh, 
uh, practice, they're they're busy constantly. You know, people's health. Again, I know this in the alternative business. That's why we're busy. Everybody's health is failing. You know, eight out of ten people they're falling apart, and so the health business and the alternative health business are both jammed all the time. And yeah, if you if you take it upon yourself to study more, then you will know more. But there are good cops out there. There are good doctors out there. Most of the rest of them are just too busy and burdened with the other things in life to really put the uh, the requisite effort into these very important things where people's lives are in your hands. You know, a lot of cops just go home and they're done and some really, really care about what they're doing and aim to get better and aim to actually have a foothold in their communities, I'm sure. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember when doctors used to fucking uh, smoke cigarettes in front of you and they would be like prescribing you medicine and shit like that, you know? Well, and, even uh, one of the best things a doctor can do for you is just listen to you. You know, you're just just to finish this up here. We don't need to go too deep in here, but you're talking about cops. And I think some of the implication is that if they just talk to people and dealt with people, they could resolve a lot of issues without having to resort to arrests and that kind of thing. And it's the same in, in health. Listening to people is like 75 percent of what's going to get you to the answer. Their problem is, you know, just a little bit more than they do. And most of the time you just have to listen to them to figure it out. And a lot of people talk over people and don't let them fully finish their story where you might as you might have missed their main clue there. It's just a very simple thing that doctors, again, don't really have time to do in the modern medical landscape. That's one of the biggest complaints is that they just don't have time to listen to people. And if they just did that one thing alone, the patient would feel better on their own because of the placebo effect. And, the, and they think that they're actually being helped and actually being listened to. And that's therapeutic itself. And, yeah, they might actually get that information that would give them a clue on how to help them. Mm. yeah hey ron yeah. you got your mic to work uh not really i gotta use the fucking shitty webcam microphone that's <laughs> nah, good enough uh, it sounds clear all right so how's the uh imaginarium of thought going these days uh we've just been uh hibernating <laughs> stored up but uh yeah planning on coming out i got the fucking webcam so i've been trying to work that out but had me going too good <laughs> I guess as a podcaster, I need to get a mic first. I guess that's more important. It's so easy, too. Once you have it, it's just plug it in, boom, it's there. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, but yeah, same old man, good. I'm, I'm glad you invited me back on. I was excited to get a webcam because I know I've been talking to you through my like fuzzy like screensaver. You know, I need to start upgrading. I feel like people don't take me serious if I'm like, coming with shitty gear. <laughs> It's like when you were on the tavern and goes to saying, "Is it, Ron? Did you are you in a uh, hot boxed room? Because that thing is either smoked out or it's a fuzzy ass camera." Yeah, and and also uh, it it makes it where I'm just more distracted. I'm hanging out listening to one of my favorite podcasts. <laughs> I can chime in every once in a while. So I'm just walking around my house doing shit. <laughs> so with the web camera, I kind of have to like be here. You know, we got you locked so. down now, Ron. Yeah. <laughs> You're stuck with us. Yeah. Here. Well, thanks for joining, brother. Right. What do you got going on? Oh, the same old stuff, man. Just, uh, you know, the, the new soap thing is fun. I know Ron uh, got got some. He said he, he doesn't want to smell like a skunk ape anymore. So that's great. <laughs> uh, you know, just, you know, having fun, man. Trying to, you know, do after you do this for a little while, it gets dry because, you know, there's people that are being dicks and all this stuff. But um yeah no I, I i enjoy it and i have been very disenchanted with the whole 
uh, conspiracy community, you know, um, not to throw it back into the health thing too much, but I think that like, you know, RFK Jr. is going to be the new Donald Trump. And it's already looking like that because he's talking about vaccines and he's saying everything that people want to hear. But this dude has historically supported vaccines. He's historically, uh, you know, supported the the Clinton Foundation and all these things. So, you know, we have to be really paying attention to this stuff. And I think that it's going to really kick up here. um, I don't know six seven eight months something like that it's going to get really really crazy as far as like what are we going to have to know there's going to be a massive news story every single day it seems like um and and this is kind of like the calm before the storm so you you know just kind of trying to keep it fun keep it fresh and like you know continue to put out fun stuff good Uh, card good ufc card this weekend oh yeah oh dude it was insane it was absolutely nuts you know, so uh, that was a fun thing. And uh, Drakus Duplessis, the real African champ, excited <laughs> about that, dude, uh, fighting against a Chinese black guy. You know, that's what's interesting about this whole thing. Israel Asanya <laughs> is the least African, African-American or African New Zealander, whatever the fuck that you can ever see. I mean, I, I can't stand that, dude. I hate that guy. Um, I wish that Alex Perea was still the middleweight champion, but it is what it is, man. We'll see what happens. He's doing 23s and me's now, right? I mean, he's a weird dude. He's a very weird dude. And you know what? Side note, a buddy that actually the guy that I do, the casual KO podcast, sent me a OnlyFans picture of Jessica Andrade, which is disgusting. I don't know if you guys have seen what Jessica Andrade looks like. It basically looks like Ron, but it's a chick, supposedly. Right, Ron? I mean, I know you've seen her. This is what Jessica Andrade looks like. Yeah, I can't deny that. <laughs> so it was really nasty. Uh, From OnlyFans? No, I don't have it, but like this dude sent it. So he gets all these. He sends me good ones. Rachel, Rachel Ostovich, who's a smoke show, Paige Van Zandt, all these different ones. He's like, man, I've sent you 20 good ones. You got to see one of the bad ones that I saw today. And he sends me Jessica Andrade. And it looks like a dude in a bathtub. Oh, it's gross because she's sitting she, in a She's bathtub. a fighter, right? She is a fighter. I will try to look her up and be in the loop here. Clothes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when China did the porn with a six pack or uh, the one, two, three kid. Yep. <laughs> Not going to lie, dude. When she kind of like lost a little bit of muscle mass, she didn't look too bad. <laughs> but she's I walking mean, around like the She-Hulk, man. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Jessica Andrade, uh, you know, she'd be a very attractive young man. But, you know, she is a <laughs> she's a female. And uh, yeah, she's got a chiseled her. jawline there. Yeah, I yeah. think I think she's actually a dude, honestly. Um, but she's got an OnlyFans and it's out there if anybody wants to subscribe. And uh yeah, man, it's disgusting. I showed Kim, uh, she gagged. It's it's rough, dude. It's a it's a rough, <laughs> rough image to see. So I wouldn't wish that on any of you guys. Dude, it, that's one of the craziest things about nowadays is having to really, really question what is that. Right. I ask myself that more and more every day about people like, what is that? Is that a man? Is that a woman? Is that a transition? Is that someone just cross-dressing? I I just, there's so many options. It's, it's crazy. And I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about it and they're like, well, when did homosexuality become, um, you know, like a burden to society or a, 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 pariah of society because if you go back to the ancient greeks the ancient romans even some of ancient egypt there was a lot of homosexuality especially in the prominent 
figures. And then it seems like all of a sudden, you know, I mean, only recently, I, I would say in like the 19th and 20th century, was it really pushed back against. Mm. And then, you know, until recently, where now you're a, you know, a super soldier and a warrior, and you've got so much heart if you are just gay. Yeah, man, there was this older, you know, man that transitioned to a, a, a girl in MMA, and her name was Fallon Fox. And she was just beating the shit out of all kinds of girls. And then this girl that's fighting this weekend, actually opening up the card uh, with UFC Vegas 77, this girl, Ashley Evans Smith, was the first girl to put this man out. Yep. And then after that, the dude retired and all this stuff. And she's fighting this weekend against another girl. Um, she's a little older now, so she's not really favored to win. But it's just kind of interesting how, you know, like what what in in a man's mind tells them, hey, let me go out there and compete. But I don't want to compete against the best. I want to compete against women. And I'm very strong because I'm a man. So let's go out there and let's just beat the shit out of women. Like yeah. what what makes you do that? You're you're a beta. You know, you're you're like the ultimate. You You know, you have no shot in your own life so now you have to go it's like you know being a tw the, the people cheat in the little league world series you know you got 16 year old kids going against 12 year olds like what and that comes from the adults right because if you let yeah. the kids run it and and i deal with this coach in baseball like we have to show all this paperwork and go through all this shit and i'm like you realize if we let the kids run this shit none of this would be necessary because they'd be calling each other out and and they're they have some honor and it's all adults. Once they, you know, you get past, you realize, fuck, the only way I'm going to win is by cheating. And, and that's what I see this as. I see this as the ultimate cheating because you couldn't yeah. compete. You see it with the swimmer who was like one of the worst uh, NCAA swimmers. And then they go to the women's and they dominate, except for against like one or two women. And it's, it's disheartening because it, to see that, promoted and and to be glamorized it's like what the fuck is wrong with people like mm -hmm. it just doesn't make any sense to me because i see it as cheating well there's also that saying if you ain't cheating you ain't trying right at the highest levels there's all these little tricks and knickknacks that you can do i guess to get up there but i guess that's their version of that but identifying as a female you know <laughs> they're trying yeah, i guess if it's allowed if it's if it's not frowned upon in society because in in polite society that's okay and that, that's where polite society has gone at this point um that's when i don't want to be a part of polite society anymore is when that's okay right so but that's hurt you know i've broken several women's records you know like that's like the the whole idea behind that shirt um you know it's a man's shirt and it's an arrow pointing right up to your face as a dude saying that you've broken several women's sports records i think that that's uh you know, it, it should be a shameful thing, but there's a bunch of douchebags out there that are, you know, proud of that kind of stuff. Well, and for record, there is a guy that holds a squatting record in some state. I forget what it is that purchased that shirt. And it's pretty great that that, uh, you know, he's a man breaking man's records. That's wearing that shirt. So shout out to that, dude. Well, I'll say the biggest fear for a guy competing against a girl is to lose to her. <laughs> so I guess I guess in, in the end, these people are stunning and brave. <laughs> Right. You know, you, start, you know, you don't want and, to be that guy. And the crazy thing is, is like, OK, if this was normal, you'd see a proportionate amount of women wanting to compete against men. 
And that's just shows how unnatural it is because there's no balance to it. If it was one of those things, like you don't hear the WNBA chicks calling out NBA guys, you know, like they know that they're not going to be able to compete. It's only the guys who can't compete against guys that have to go down and compete against women. And it's, it's just unnatural, man. It's all this fucking upside down world synthetic, you know, let's, it's just, you know, I hate to go to the stupid Baphomet, but that's what it is. It's like yeah. this androgynous time where, you know, <laughs> you are your sexuality. That's who you are. You know, you're not a person. You're not a human being. You are something. You have to be something different than that. I'll say in like an occultic way, what they're doing is they're taking your most divine aspect of your body. It's why like the Masons wear the, wear the aprons is because that's like the sacred tool, you know, that's like our sacred gift from God. Cause we think everything is starting up here, but as the, as above, so below, you know, really that's like our spirit mind is <laughs> mm. our private parts. So essentially by mutilating your privates, you're destroying your spirit mind. You know? Well, and one of the interesting things that I found when I was, I was doing some research and I plan to do an episode on it eventually is how Mao used this in communist China. He got rid of gender identity, essentially. He made the women very masculine. He made the men somewhat feminized, in a sense. And the role reversal really fucked with the people and made them dependent on the government. And it was a psychological operation that he performed, you know, pretty well because it worked. And anyone who goes against it, well, you just disappear. So... Dude, that's it's, going on here too, man. Like, man, yeah. I know a lot of women that make more than their husbands and their boyfriends and all these things. Um, and, and that's not to say that women shouldn't go out there and try, but there is something to be said about like that family dynamic of like the father is the breadwinner, the mother is kind of like the homekeeper. Not to say that she can't work, but women I think are so much better at raising kids, and that's not a diss to men or women, it's just something that seems natural to me. Now, that comes from a dude that was kind of more raised by his father and grandma because my mom was always working. My dad worked from home. So, you know, he he did a great job. Uh, some people might disagree that my dad did a good job raising me. But like, you know, there, there's a lot of people that that go that same way. And it's just a, it's an interesting dynamic, man. I think women are very, very good at raising kids. And I think that men should be kind of promoted and, and and applauded for going out there and getting the money and making, you know, putting the food on the table and all that stuff. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Well, that's uh, well, it's also, oh, I'm sorry. Like I was no, going to say like ahead. the uh, old Spartan culture, right? This, this is the most alpha culture really. Right. All they're about is war and stuff like that. They're leaders, they're political leaders. And the ones holding the state were the women. They held women in such high regard because these are the ones that birthed strong Spartans. You know, right, right. without these strong Spartan women, we wouldn't even be here. So, yeah, and I've, I've worked in uh, in Costa Rica and uh, deep in the jungle there in the Nakai Peninsula, which is also a, a blue zone, an area where people live to a hundred much more often than normal. And there, in most of the families, the men are not allowed to hold the money. Cause they'll just go buy beer and stuff. The the women deal with the money. They deal they deal with everything. They just the men. Uh, they they kind of act like they hold the seat of power, but literally everybody knows it's not a secret at all. Everybody knows that it's actually the women hmm. that make all the real decisions and hold all the real power. And it, if the men made some stupid decision, the women would just veto it immediately. 
And that's that goes along with the the push for the feminist movement, right? That was part of their agenda was to get these women in the workforce to, you know, not break up literally, but break up, take the kids away from the family for a certain amount of time a day. Because if the woman's working, she obviously cannot manage the family at the same time. And then now women's goals changed from having a family to being a success, having a successful career. And I think having a successful TikTok account. Yeah, or OnlyFans, you know, it's like it's this upside down world where everything gets inverted. And I think that's when you things get weird. Right. And that's why we are where we are, because we're not in the natural cycle of life. We're not following the natural law and the natural ways of life. We've perverted them and and synthesized them to the point where at this right now, it's almost backwards what we're doing. Well, isn't that kind of how, how you know, to, to Ryan's point there in uh, Costa Rica, you said, right, Ryan, where, mm-hmm. you know, it seems like here, you know, if you go back to even when I was a kid in the 90s, my dad, you know, wasn't really able to make any financial choices without my mom being involved, right? Like, it, it's kind of that whole thing. It's like the woman always has that power because, the you know, the dad wants a certain thing from the mom all the time as much as possible. So that's kind of how it is. It seems where the mom has that power over the dad, whether the dad makes the more money or or not. Um, I just think that there is something to be said about the mom having the most connection with the child rather than the dad. The dad kind of comes home. You know, it's like the the whole idea of like the kids disobeying the mom because the kid knows they can kind of get away with some shit when the mom's there. And then it's like, wait till your dad gets home. You know what I mean? That doesn't work the opposite way. If the dad's like, hey, wait till your mom gets home. That doesn't work right. Like, so I think that there's something to be said about that old way, man. It, it seems like the country's really falling apart because we're getting away from that. Like, you know, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, where it was like the dad was gone. The mom was there all the time. I don't and know. That's, that, that's the feminism push, right? Right. And and what you see is in that same time, as you see the rise in feminism, you see what? A rise in materialism a rise in credit cards and debt increases exponentially. And I think there's a giant correlation there because it's doing exactly what you say and it's breaking up that natural family. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. A friend of mine is looking for a, looking for a girl. He went through a breakup recently and I I told him after my, uh, my many years of failed relationships, I've got uh, a a ridiculous amount of ex-girlfriends here. I told him, the one thing that I've learned, don't date white chicks. I told them no white chicks, literally. Rough. I, think, I think we're all white here speaking, maybe except for if, except for Ron. But I don't mean white isn't white. I mean, American, Canadian, people who are born here, raised here by people who were born here and raised here because they have no culture. They have no culture. We, we, I feel empty about this too. There's a, there's a hole inside of me. That should have been filled with uh, some kind of culture, some kind of set in values. I had to find my own values, and I'm sure we all will stumble upon similar values if we go out looking for them. But being raised in this culture vacuum, all we have is literally all we have is what's on TV and top 40 radio. It's it's very, very, very sad. We don't have any of those traditional values and those traditional values will be from any culture. Someone who they may be white, but you ask them, hey, what are you? Oh, I'm Italian. Oh, I'm Portuguese. I'm German. That girl's going to treat you way better. We're just a bunch of guys talking here. I'm sure some girls are listening. And I'm also sure the audience is mostly male. But yeah, any of those girls will treat you right. I told my buddy, don't go for any white girls. Just don't no. date a white girl because they don't know what to do. 
they <laughs> and they have all these weird ideas about yeah they gotta be their own girl you you go girl you you do your own thing you be independent all this stuff it's just not compatible it's just not it's not desirable either for the for the man or even for the women i don't understand why it's uh desirable for the women i don't think they know what they want and that's one of the problems here and the first sign of trouble they go running you know you get depressed they go running and uh yeah no white chicks I, my wife is a uh, arab muslim and you know she understands that uh, we have our different roles and she respects that i put my hard work in to make the money and she feeds me lunch and dinner like that's it's a it's what it is that's Dude, how Latinas this thing are on works. The other side of the spectrum too, because they understand that, but everybody wants a Latina chick, and that's why you shouldn't really go after that either. I mean, there's a, that's a rough. But then there's also a reason why you wouldn't want one because it's a little too spicy. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you're not into the heat, you know what I mean? It might be too much. But also, I'm I'm actually a half white, uh, but it doesn't show. Most people just think I'm uh, Hispanic. <laughs> you don't know how many like you know work in the kitchen, so I got all like you know thing, but um. I'll say for me personally, you know, I do date a white girl <laughs> and, you know, she's, she's really connected to me, but I'll say uh, for me personally and people out there struggling, it's about you first. It was one of those kind of things. You, you think you're going to need someone to fill that void and stuff like that. You have to be whole with yourself and then you will start attracting the like, you know, like I whenever, cause the women before, you know, the, the my fiance now, it was just filling the void. She's going to complete me. She's going to be like me and stuff like that. And then when I stopped giving a shit and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take care of me. Then she showed up in my life, you know, and it, it's just a perfect mesh and blend. And uh, so we put our uh, God in the front of our relationship. God is the glue that bonded us together. Like God bonds everything together. So I'll say for people struggling out there to find healthy relationships, Heal yourself first, because if you can't love yourself, no one will either. So, and also, don't be so like uh, you know focused on the exterior, right? Like, yeah, society mm-hmm. right now makes it seem like you got to have the baddest bitch that you can possibly have, and that's that. That's a, I mean, dude, how many how many attractive women are there on Instagram and all these things, right? The the girls like that are a dime a dozen, dude. Like yeah. I, I have learned that over my years too. Where it's just like, dude, there's a lot of beautiful women out there that are fucked in their heads. They're empty. You know, what do they have after aside from their looks? Right. They've gotten Mm -hmm. by with their looks and worshipped for their looks all their life. Then you get with them and then their looks start fading. And what do they have left? Yeah. No, that's where. Yeah, I'm absolutely with you on that. Right. I do. Yeah, there's no substance. And then for me, it's just the attitude like like the Kardashians when they start talking and so it's like, Oh, I can't even be near you. Like, I don't, like, you know, I'm not like that, but I'd say it's kind of like hit and quit. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. It's so easy in society today it's to totally. just fuck a beautiful girl and then like not have anything to do with them. Right. Like yeah. oh, people have done that. I, I'm sure every single one of us has, has, you know, at least, you know, had something to do with something like that. But mm-hmm you you can get with somebody that like you connect with on a more spiritual level i don't like that word at all but some somewhat of a spiritual level or emotional level we'll say and you'll start seeing them as being more and more beautiful all the time you won't want to be away from them because you just enjoy being around that kind of person that's a tough thing for younger dudes and you know women mature faster than men in that sense so like i i'm all for like going after like the older ladies and all that's not not too old you know i'm not geriatric over here but it's just like you know it's it's just there's something to that 
where these young girls, dude, they're all about just trying to fuck as many dudes as they can. And I think that's a big, um, you know, social media influence on these girls. There's no value, you know. Well, Ron, you also mentioned God, right? That means you and your wife, you have a culture. Religion is is a culture. I'm saying that's part of the problem. You know, they've deliberately taken us away from religion, too. And it's it's kind of uh, in the mainstream culture. It's put out there like you must be an idiot if you're religious. The religious people are always portrayed as dummies for the most part. And if you get into academia at all, it's atheism, atheism, atheism. If, if you diverge from that, you're liable to be made fun of. So I'm saying that's part of the problem. That's why a lot of us who were raised here in North America don't have any culture. It's because religion was taken away. It's because the family, the family values were taken away. And the standards in general were taken away from everything from the way we we dress to the way we behave ourselves to art and music and everything standards just gone. So my girlfriend, she's Puerto Rican, she's half Puerto Rican, half French. And the first time I met her family, she was like, you do not get any of the food. I bring it to you. So you tell me what you want and I'll bring it to you. And she also said, if I'm sitting down and you're standing, I have to offer up my seat. Otherwise, my family will yell at me in front of everybody. Wow. And it, and it was like, a, it was such a weird thing because we were visiting her grandma in a nursing home because I think she has dementia. I think that's what it is. And her dad was in town. All of her uncles, aunts, everybody was there. And she sat down and I was standing and her dad just beamed at her and was and he was like offer up your seat basically is what he, just by looking at her and she's like do you want to sit and i said no i'm okay she's like no you're sitting mm-hmm. and i was like yeah, okay. otherwise i'm getting shit from my old man yeah yeah it was the weirdest like because that's culture like ryan's saying mm-hmm. though dusty you know that and, yeah. and that's there's nothing wrong with that no right? there it, isn't it was it, just for me like i've never had I've never been with somebody that was like, so like into their culture, like her dad was born in Guam and a bunch of her other, um, I think one was born. Oh gosh, Miami. And I think the rest were born in either New York or in Puerto Rico. So it was, a, it was just, it was the weirdest thing. Cause I never, I've never come across that before. But that's values, you know, and that's what we're missing now. We've we've lost that as a, a, a society is is any sort of value system and and being able to go with the past traditional ways. You know, that's like Ryan was saying before, most people that are still traditional are seen as dumb or fanatical, like there's yeah. something wrong with them for doing this, when in reality, it's probably the healthiest thing for everybody involved. Mm hmm. You guys seen that movie Nefarious yet? I mentioned this like my last four. Which one is that? Nefarious. It came out this year. It's a, you know, a prisoner that's on death row that is possessed by a demon. And he's trying to, there's this guy that goes in. That's a psychologist, psychiatrist that comes in and he's saying like, he basically has to prove that he's um, mentally fit for execution in Oklahoma state. You know, it's a it's an interesting movie. But the reason I bring it up for the thousandth time in the last week is because there's a line in there where the demon says that smart people struggle to believe things that everybody else just knows. Right. Like because the, the education that is pounded into these people's heads 
makes them think that they're smarter than everybody else on like a very, very basic level. So everybody knows that there's good and evil out there, but these very, very smart, quote unquote, smart, educated people believe that there's gray area, right? That it, it, being good is not just a matter of being good. Everybody has good and bad in them, which could be true to an extent. But I mean, I recommend that for anybody. It's on Amazon Prime. It's like five bucks to rent. I, I Dude, I've watched it four or five times. It's an incredible movie, man. Um, it's kind of like watching a podcast. It's just two people talking for the most part, but it's incredibly well done. Very, very good stuff. I have a question. Do you guys kind of going off the whole good and evil thing? Do you guys believe people are either born good or born evil? That's the nature versus nurture thing. I, I, I absolutely agree with the, with the uh, nature more often than nurture, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I'm going to chime in and just uh, sorry for cutting you off, Matt. I, I was a, a bad kid as some of you guys might have been as well. My friends were bad kids. We did bad things. Many of our siblings were not. It, it were raised basically the same as our siblings. It, it just did. My brother, for example, I don't talk about him very often because he's deceased, but he was a bad seed as far as I could tell. My little brother. And we were raised basically the same. I just I can't come up with a nurturative uh, answer for it. You know, we were given freedom and, you know, we're relatively privileged. We got a little house and you, you open the fridge and there's always food in it. You know, what, what, what do we have to really be evil about? But there was a fundamental difference in personalities. And I've just seen it with many, many of my friends and their siblings. It just doesn't seem to be doesn't seem to matter how they were raised, no matter how close in age. Some of them are even twins. One was bad. One was good. Well, I know with uh, serial killers and stuff, it's a uh, lack of empathy the frontal cortex of the brain is usually more inactive and that so like for someone even if you're really mad at them they start begging for their life if you have like empathy there's that part it's like no okay you know i'm gonna calm down but if you don't have empathy it doesn't matter if they scream and beg you don't feel it (laughs) you're just cold you know i I think that's a lot of it i was just curious because like from like a bunch of my paranormal investigations that I've gone on, it's like they leave this world unhappy. They're angry in the afterlife. So does all of that just carry over if they're born into another life cycle? That that was going to be my, my two cents on this was, I think there's a whole portion of the population that has is possessed, you know, by a, not so good. I don't want to say demon necessarily, but an entity that's negative. You know, I think there are these, like you said, there's soul traps and people that can't get out of here. And then there's certain people here that are, you know, whether they're born good or evil, I don't know, but I think some of them open themselves up to these negative entities and that becomes them. Mm. And I think, I think I, w- I was going to ask you about that from a paranormal standpoint, if you've come across any of that, like real demonic possession, because the more I look into it, I, I don't know how much I believe in, you know, the, the multiple lives so much as certain spirits getting trapped here and then needing a vessel to uh, contain them. Well, demonic, I haven't seen demonic possession Hopefully I won't have to, but there is this trail that me and my girlfriend go to that 
there is a demon on it. And from what I, from just talking with her, cause she's extremely clairvoyant. She's seen things ever since she was little. So she's kind of like guiding me through this whole thing as I'm trying to figure out a bunch of this stuff. And I asked her one day, I was like, so like, can they just randomly possess you at any time? And that is one thing that a lot of mainstream media gets wrong about possession is they can just, if they want to, they can just come in and just take over or anything evil. Like my girlfriend's having problems with an alternator and every time it dies, she always sees the shadow figure walk back and forth behind her car. So we think that that negative entity is what's causing her to have bad luck. And these, all these negative entities, it kind of, cause I always thought, you know, there's good luck, bad luck. I never really thought about it spiritually. And now that I'm kind of thinking about it, I mean, it's just weird that like some certain things happen. That's just completely out of the blue. That is bad luck. And her alternator happens to be one of those issues because her car was working perfectly fine. And then next thing you know, alternator goes out and she tries getting, she gets a new one and it's still not working. So our kind of thing is we think that that spirit, that entity is what's causing most of her issues right now with that car. Hmm. That's interesting for sure. Cause I, yeah, I, I don't know. And, and I was going to actually, I'll share this cause I was talking about it before, but, um, oh shit, hold on. I was talking about that new, there's a new Disney show, uh, Marvel series called secret invasion. And it's, it's real interesting how they go about, um, bringing these entities into, uh, this realm. So what it is, is supposedly there's this, oh shit, that's not the right one. Let's see. Uh, this one, how do I share that one? So supposedly there's this, uh, entity that comes in, God damn it. And for some reason they are the possessors they are the ones who have the ability to um you know take over any form and it it's real interesting that you know they think that they actually and it well here let me pull it up because it's it's more along the lines of like the human trafficking and things like that because so just watch this and those listening i apologize but explain it Scrolls are like these aliens. Prove your loyalty, and Gravik will reward you. What's behind that? Victory.
fight, Skrullus. What is your dream? Home in my own skin. Bring in the shell. So there you go. What it was was basically she walks into a room. There's a bunch of humans that are, you know, tied up kind of. And and what happened is, is this alien like figure takes his shape and then they tie him up and then he touches him and takes his mind. So now this crawl or scroll can shape shift. And so now he's in the shape of this, this one man, he looks human, but underneath it is a, another being. That's really interesting. Cause when I saw that happen, it reminded me. So I guess maybe I saw a, just a tiny bit of a possession, not really like to the extent of like movies and stuff like that. But me and my girlfriend were leaving the trail one night and she look, have you guys seen the mo- horror movie smile? That released in 2022. Yes. Well, I looked over at her and she had that smile as she was looking at me. And I don't know what it was, but like the in like my inner person just like hovered above me and was like towering, towering over her as she was smiling at me. And I let it slide for a week and try to forget about it. But one night I brought it up to her and she's like, I don't remember any of that. So there has been bits and pieces of this trail that she has not remembered. Mm. That's interesting. Man, you know, I'll say it also reminds me of uh, the how like the celebrity clone shit. You know what I mean? They disappear and then they they come back and they look a little bit different and stuff and that, like that. But that's um, what I was leaning to before, Ron. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, sorry to interrupt, but that's what I was leaning to before with the the. Do can you open yourself up to it? Right. And and that's what I meant is like with some of these politicians, celebrities, these high power people, are they really people or are they possessed and, and can they be controlled and things like that? I remember no, they no. You guys have to watch that fucking movie, Nefarious. It talks about exactly that because the 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 what do they call it? The chaplain or whatever the, the prison priest is that comes in. I don't know the, the proper name. But they, the guy goes in and says, demons aren't real. We, you know, our, our understanding of this has evolved past that. And the demon says, well, I didn't realize that you were one of my friends. You know what I mean? Like the, the priest doesn't believe in demons. And he explains it to this psychologist saying that we, we work very slowly. We have all of eternity to work. So we tempt a child when he's in, you know, uh, in his toddler years to steal a toy car 
if the child, when he's four or five, six years old, steals that toy car, that's someone that we focus on. And then we, we tempt them in higher and higher degrees. Do you want to steal something else? Do you want to maybe hurt a helpless animal? And then from then on, do you want to maybe kill somebody? Do you want to rape somebody? Do you want to fucking do all these different things? And these temptations keep coming at a specific soul until at a certain point they've crossed this path where they cannot go back. And then at that point, the demons as a whole have a hold on this soul and then they can make them do worse and worse and worse shit. And then they're just tortured souls forever. It's wild, dude. Like one of the craziest things is that this dude's trying to order his last meal and he orders his last meal. And then the demon comes in and switches on and says, Oh, never mind. I don't want any food. Like this is the last piece that this dude could have had. And then he's like, ah, fuck it. I don't want anything to eat. You know what I mean? Like it's it, it, these things. Like if this is real, these things just want to fuck with people and make them miserable. And it starts with small temptations and then it graduates. If you're going to believe like the theory that's presented in that movie, but it's just, I mean, everything that you guys are talking about here is what's covered in that movie. And it's so interesting. And I was, I was going to say, man, I've actually seen like people with like soulless eyes, man. I've yep, seen that right. shit. Like, like what you're saying, like possessed, man, like they're just gone. And, but I've actually seen those same people. Now they got light in their eyes and they're, they're coming back. You know what I mean? So I, I, you know, that, that gives me hope, you know, there's other people, but, uh, you know, I've seen people's eyes do weird shit <laughs> and like thought I'd seen stuff. And, uh, you know, Nico from upstate, uh, unconventional, he has his one story where he was like, going to kiss like an ex-girlfriend or something like that. And like her face turns into like some sort of demon monster for a second. And then <laughs> y'all know that story. And then yep. she, you know, he like freaks out like, Oh shit. And then she just ghosted him. So it, it reminded me of that whole like plane shit. You know what I mean? What if there's just some people out there? They're just, maybe they don't even know they're shapeshifters or they, they kind of see it a little bit, you know, they just, their face warps, you know, mm. it also too, I feel like um, the evil inside of people it usually it will start uh leaking out into the external surfaces where you know you can kind of see like um good people you know the the light the happiness it kind of shines out but then there's the opposite of that too where you got people you know saying they love jesus and they're they're proud to be a christian then they get caught on you know to catch a predator and shit like that or you know you get some guy who's just a ruthless animal you know he's out there trained to kill who never hurt an innocent you know, and, and it's right there to save the day. So it's, there's always that opposite effect like that. So. Well, that the whole thing, too, reminded me of they need these vessels, right? That would be a, you know, valid explanation for all the trafficking, human trafficking that goes on, all the missing people, you know, the missing children and things like that, so that they, they have all of these demons, so to speak, and they need a vessel for them. And it's just, it's such a wild fucking realm we live in, guys. You know, there's that, uh, <laughs> I was watching a video the other day of that uh, cartel leader in Mexico that was from Cuba or something like that, that he was like, his uh, cartel was like satanic cult. And they would, uh, an American, he kidnapped an American that was down there in like Cancun or some shit like that. I can't remember uh, one of those kind of places. And uh, he would uh, torture you and things like that because, uh, supposedly the the more uh pain and stuff like that he the more he has a hold over you in hell 
you know, and it's crazy how these like crazy because, uh, you know, it's a real story. You know, this is real. Uh, when they when the cops busted their warehouse, they had a cauldron with like a human stew in it. <laughs> you oh. know? Like, you know, like there's some people out there like when you think about like toxic masculinity, that's it. That's a, that that is like as far masculinity as you can go, because pure masculinity is that kind of savagery. Where you have yeah, pure feminine. Constanzo, are you? I think that sounds familiar. He did like uh like Cuban black Cuban, magic. yeah, black magic, yeah. Yeah, that might be that dude. Because yeah, I did an episode on that dude. That is wild. Absolutely yeah. crazy. So the that's whole- like the mentality of that, you know what I mean? The the cops who've seen hard and things, they came there and were like throwing up, freaked out, traumatized, and they're in the background laughing. <laughs> yeah. You should have seen what it was like when we were doing it. He he actually had people in Interpol convinced that he was like some sort of like dark lord and shit. What's to say he's not though? You know, mm-hmm. that's where I'm at these days. I I I'm starting to believe more and more that you know these evil people don't necessarily die. They they the vessel dies, but there's this spirit that gets stuck here and they're trapped here. And you know that's where you hear about ghosts and things like that. Those are people who couldn't get out of the realm and they're entity is trapped here and unless they have a vessel they're just wandering aimlessly well it's interesting because that dude's mom like raped him and stuff you know so you know if that is the case it does target people that are heavily traumatized when they're children yeah that's the whole because she was uh the one that introduced him to all the black magic yeah it's palo i think is the type Mm -hmm. of magic Well, and that's what they talk about right they talk about frequencies right and if you're you're in severe trauma you are going to be in a low frequency state and that's what they say these things operate in and that's what allows you in because i mean i've noticed it in my life when i'm in the in the shits you know down the dumps i'm attracting shitheads and and just shitty people are always coming across my path but then when i'm in a different mindset and i'm in a good mindset i tend to find more like-minded people it's almost like you know you're it's that law of attraction almost Mm. uh, in a sense and i I don't know how much truth there is to it but i really i'm starting to lean that way more and more that there's a vibration that you give off or a frequency that you give off and that's what you're going to attract or repel and like ron was saying before like the people that try and you know their their whole goal is to find somebody to complete themselves well they're never going to find that because they're at a low frequency and they're going to attract low frequency beings that aren't going to make their life any better. And going to the demonic thing, a lot of these people that go into these, uh, you know, they, they're walking by, you know, well, why'd you kill her? Oh, I walked by and I just had this urge to run out and grab her and kill her. You know, it's like the demon takes over, you know, like that's, that's ascension is morality is fighting the demon back. You know, these urges pop up and stuff like that. I mean, we're human, we're savages, especially as men, you know, at the core, that's our purpose. But to to the divine feminine and everything like that is to fight these urges to just beat somebody's ass because they cut you off in traffic or something like that. You know what I mean? Well, dude, hasn't everyone had that random idea pop up? I like that background. Right? <laughs> um, hasn't everyone had that idea pop in your head? Just a rant, the most random idea where it's like, what would happen if I just like gouge this dude's eyes out you know what i mean but then that idea is supposed to go away right like there's weird things that pop into your head all the time and i think that people are lying if they they don't ever say that they've 
felt or or like just for a split second thought like i just want to fuck this person up for no reason yeah they call it the monkey mind and especially as men we're always like especially you walk by you know and you're just a yeah it's it's an instinctual thing and that I remember my sister was telling me that that she she said that, uh, you know, 80 percent of people because she's in, you know, she goes to the U of A, 80 percent of people. And I think it's a lot more than that. 80 percent of people have homicidal thoughts. And I think that it's 99 percent of people, if not more Bro, people to, have homicidal thoughts today on my way home from break. There was a group of bikers that just like more, not motorcyclists, but cyclists that just passed my right in front of me i was like i could run all of you over right exactly. now if i wanted to right i think 99 is a little high though right because think about all those people that don't have internal monologues or dialogues you know <sighs> do you think that number's accurate i think That's there's a lot I, I came across a lot of people you know and i again i stay away from humanity as much as possible these right. days but i came across a lot of people that were just empty man like, I don't know, like they they're they're just cogs in the machine. Like they they do the same shit over and over. And I went back to my hometown. So I, I started seeing people I haven't seen in 15, 20 years. And they're the same fucking person from 15 or 20 years ago, just doing the same thing every fucking day. Like, I, there's, I, yeah, you're right. There's nothing going on outside that. Like you try and have a, a, a conversation outside of like the real basic, basic shit. You know, like I forgot what the fuck you call it. Just, just useless, mannerless conversation, and, the and that's intro, yeah, yeah. That's about all they can do. You know, you get outside that little bubble of theirs, and there's nothing. Like they can't have a conversation that's outside of like complaining about work. Yeah, that's like day to day shit. Like there's nothing outside of their day to day activities. Right? You can't talk to them about you know sports or politics or anything else outside of that because it's not in their day to day activity. They're not in the real world. Yeah. Those are the people that I see. And I'm like, yeah, you probably don't talk to yourself. Like, what am I doing? You just you're just that robot that just keeps doing the same shit over and over and it's never going to change for you. Hmm. Yeah, man, that is an interesting thing. So then if we're if we're taking it like that, then maybe 99% of people that have inner monologue would would have homicidal thoughts. It doesn't mean that you're going to even remotely follow through on them because these ideas pop in your head. I've had suicidal thoughts. I'm a very happy person. I've had suicidal thoughts pop in my head. Like, of course, I I mean, yeah, I think that's a number two. I think that's the same thing. You see people won't admit it. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. I've thought about it before. Like, I'm not going to actually follow through, but I'm like, damn, it'd be easy just to get out of here right now. Yeah, easy. Easy is the key word there, right? Both with homicide and suicide. It's like we've got all these problems. You know, we don't like this person. Well, if we had the shortcut in life, it would just be the person should just disappear. Right. Right. I don't think people are actually considering doing it, but they're just hoping that uh, that easiest case scenario could come to be. Yeah, and it's so prevalent in in entertainment, you know, that they've they've glamorized it now. There's, you know, there's no dirtiness to murder or suicide anymore. It's, you know, it's glamorized in video games, it's glamorized in movies, TV, anything entertainment, you know, music. It's it's so pushed in our face that we've become almost numb to it. Well, dude, what did you say in the beginning of this whole thing, Matt? You said that a lot of people that are that are doing podcasts now, they're getting into true crime. Yep. I mean, true crime is glamorized, 
You know what I mean? Like it's and the a, women love it. Why do women love murder shows so I much? I mean, they, a lot of these girls like to just be choked. That's all that they need is just a little choking. You know what I mean? <laughs> Make choking great again, right? <laughs> hey, put that on a t-shirt. I'll tell you that right now. No, I'm actually making a shirt right now that says bring back insane asylums. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm with you. I'll, I'm in on that. I will rock <laughs> that hardcore. I posted that a few times. Make asylums great again, man. That might be the thing. Yeah. You go with MAGA just to piss people off. Make asylums great again. Yep. Because asylum starts with an A. There we go. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Got a live idea here on the show. Nobody better fucking steal Ryan's idea now. I'll put it up. <laughs> He's got it trademarked. <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah, I, I think that, well, that's one of the things, right? Is, is that's one of the tools they used. And then now it's one of the tools they use against us is not having a, a, any sort of mental health facilities or any legitimate ones. And, and think of how many mental health issues there are out there. And that could be resolved if we had a responsible system. But there's, there's, that's, they talk about it, right? You get, you, get, I mean, we get fucking, what's his name? Ted Lasso is in the White House talking about mental health. I mean, I think we could find somebody a little more qualified than fucking Ted Lasso to give us advice on mental health. Yeah. Uh, what's Ted Lasso? I never heard of him before. It's, it's, uh, what's his name? Um, fuck. Now, now I'm gonna have to look it up. It's the it's a TV show on Apple, but he's uh -huh. he's a fucking soccer. He's an American football coach who becomes a soccer coach in England, and uh, it's what's his name, Jason Sudeikis or something like that. Is the yeah Olivia Olivia Wilde's uh, ex? Yeah. So he's given us mental health advice, you know, no doctors up there, no nothing. He was up there with, of course, like a rainbow of people, you know, had to have That's a race. Shit. Yeah, it, it was all show. But I mean, mental health is a huge fucking issue in, in today's society, especially with social media and stuff. I mean, there are so many fucking assholes out there that have no problem, you know, going at other people without looking in the mirror. Isn't like, that man. such a contrived problem, though? Like it's something that is created in a in the biggest way, even more than like cancer. I think that mental health is like it's something to be proud of if you suffer from mental health. Right. And like these companies that are out there like better help and all these things, which better help was going to advertise on my show. And I think that they heard some of the things that I had to say about them and they just backed out because I, I think that like this online therapy stuff is whack as fuck, man. I think yeah. that like, dude, y y people are proud of their fucking mental problems instead of actually trying to address them. They're like, I I'm anxiety, man, born in 1991, you know, it and gives it's like, you an man. excuse, especially when they're told young. Oh, don't worry, Johnny, you don't have to do this because you have anxiety. And then that gives him an excuse to say, Mom, I have anxiety for everything. And instead of saying, hey, I can do this. You know, they say, oh, I can't do this. I have anxiety. You know, they identify with their illness. Big problem in children and adults. Yeah, you're right. Once you see this in physical illness too, someone gets a bum leg and they never go back to work ever because well, they get the benefits, they get the they get the money, disability or whatever, but then they mm -hmm. get the sympathy. You know, they get the easy. They oh, I don't do the dishes anymore because I've got this uh, injury or this disease. And you know, yeah, people could use it as the easy way for everything. Yeah. yeah. And, and I found this great video on, on Instagram the other day talking about, you know, what's causing 
this massive increase in mental illness and give a minute here and listen to this guy technology social media disconnection from other people lack of touch lack of holding lack of human contact lack of eye contact a lack of ability to be present to be a lack of a being in nature we're overstimulated we're burnt out so then we get sad then we lack energy we're drained from it and then we're trying to keep going at that insane fucking pace on a moment-to-moment -moment basis and then we feel worse so then we go quicker because we think that the solution is on the other side of that and then we feel sicker and then we go quicker and then we feel sicker and then we go quicker and then we burn out and we pop and then we're on our back. It's a lack of being, it's a lack of presence, it's a lack of contact with one another. And it's the overuse of technology. It's because there's nowhere to put our peace. There's nowhere to put calmness in our day. We're frazzled, we're brainwashed, we're conditioned and we're deeply lacking love and care. Who is that guy? I don't know who he is. I just found the clip. I, I got to find the, the five minute video. But yeah, he nails it. I think he, he nails a lot of it. But I, the, the human contact thing, I think, is like exactly like opposite of what we were saying earlier, where it's like you got to be like whole with yourself. There's so many people that can like not have to do anything with anyone else. And they'd be happier than if they had to tell like i don't think that that you need human contact to be happy personally and i, I think that human I contact think you do i think you do extent. yeah yeah because you know think about what happened during 2020 right they separated separated everybody the six feet apart you know lockdowns this that and the other that was a total plan to disconnect people and, but then the whole time you're seeing on social media all kinds of people so but that's the problem. That's that. not human contact. That's that's again synthetic. That's There's what I'm something saying. to being around. You know, we have. I believe we have auric fields around us, sure. right? That that radiate. And and when you're around someone else, and those fields combine, and it's in a good manner, there's something. There's a benefit to that. You can't get that from a screen. And yeah. you know, and I'll speak from example because I relocated in the middle of the pandemic to a place I knew no one up here other than my son. And that was the only real human interaction I would have other than, you know, talking to people at the gym, you know, in a passing way. And it started wearing on me after a while because it's like, what the fuck, dude? I just I felt disconnected. You know, I didn't feel that human connection. And as soon as I started socializing and, and, and finding people and connecting with people again, it changed. But I, I think human contact, you know, even even the whole thing with the touch. Right. That was just being able to to high five someone give somebody a hug i think that makes all the difference in the world to to people it's interesting and also, if you don't have a, a human you don't like humans you, you still need a dog yeah <laughs> dude yeah. if you're gonna live out in the wild you gotta have your dog with you you know <laughs> yeah dude I, i'll take uh i'll take one dog over 20 people any day dude like that that's my thing like my my point was that i think he nailed it with the social media because you're seeing these people interact and you're seeing these people do you want to make 
$10,000 every minute of the day without lifting a finger, you know, people saying shit like that on social media where, you know, it's like this complete fantasy life that you're seeing on social media. I think social media is absolutely the number one thing that adds to people's insecurities and their mental health disorders and all this shit, because you're seeing the highlight of everyone's life. No one's ever posting like, yeah, the mortgage company just gave me my last notice. I'm out next week. If I can't, you know, come up with the money, no one's ever talking about that on there. So, and if they do, you bust their balls for being an attention whore. Right. Well, you know, yeah, that's exactly. basically what it boils down to. Exactly. So, yeah, I don't know so much about the human contact. There's probably, you know, science on both sides of that. You can prove it or disprove it depending on what you believe in. But I think that it's more about seeing people talk about their fake lifestyle than anything else. I think that's, I think he nailed it there. Well, that. we can go to Ted Kaczynski, right? I mean, one of his major hiccups early in his life was being separated from his parents. I mean, he sure. was put, he was put in the hospital where he wasn't had very little human interaction. His parents could come see him like twice a week or something like that for a little bit of time. And they said he came home a totally different person after that. And, and that's kind of what I thought of when, you know, when you mentioned the human contact, I think it, especially for young children, you know, infants, and if they don't have the, you know, a, a child whose mother dies giving birth, I mean, that I, I can't think of how anything positive can come of that for that child. You know, mm -hmm. he's missing a key component of, of that human contact, that human interaction that, you know, I, I think as you get older, like you said, Ryan, I mean, there's some people that live in the woods with their dog and they're as happy as they could ever be. I think but that's I, the move right there. Yeah. But I think, I think you still do need some, I mean, I don't know. I I'm still buying the fact that I, I think you do need some human interaction, some human contact. Otherwise I think you do start to separate from reality a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can agree, agree to disagree on that for sure. But I mean, you know, I think master debating Rye. Yeah, that's what it's about, dude. I think Ted Kaczynski, though, he might have been an experiment. You know oh, of I mean? course. No, no, no. Absolutely. No, I but I'm I'm using that that type of story of as an example where you separate a child from their parents, especially at a very young age. It's going to have significant Definitely. traumatic effects on them down the road. Definitely. Have you guys heard about uh, milk? Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut off. <laughs> Is that the, the you mean the politician? No, it's just a, a, a white guy who got adopted by a, a black mother at like three days old and his whole fam, all he's ever known was black people growing up. Right. And uh, they call him milk. He's the only uh, white Hoover, which is like a street gang. And he was like, oh, the only, uh, yeah. And so like uh, he was on, I don't know if you ever seen those Jubilee things when you try to like guess who's the mole and crap like that. They had a, uh, uh, all black guys, right? And then milk. They had blindfolds on. And you had to guess who who the white person is. <laughs> and and milk ended up winning it and stuff like that. Wow. And that just that also shows too. You know, it's like you are you pretty much adapt to your environment. You know, some but there's also people who grow out of their environment, right? People who come from you know the gutter and they stay in there, or those people who fight, 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 and are lucky enough to get out and become something better you know that's really ascension you know it's overcoming like with baseball right you just overcome whatever you throw you roll with the punches and whatever life throws at you you just try to make the best of it maybe you get another base maybe you get a home run or sometimes you strike out and that's just how it, you know yeah, piggybacking, you know, off, it, yeah. piggybacking off that a little bit 
One thing that I would love to see the U.S. change is our prison system. Just because some it shouldn't be such a jungle. It shouldn't because if you go into that environment, you get those charges, you come back out and can't get a job. Next thing you know, you're going back in there just to stay in there. Next thing you know, you're in there for 40 years because that's what you're used to. So that is one thing that I would love to see the U.S. change as a whole is the way we treat prison systems, because I don't think it should be like that. Or if even if a guy has before that, honestly, yeah, I agree. But I think that Mm -hmm. I think that's the last thing to change because they they need for whatever reason, like those license plates got to be made. You know what I mean? Like that whole system it's just slavery in a different form yeah you know? I, do. I mean it's that prison industrial complex where they have to have these prisons full so there's a they need yeah. these people in there for publicly traded prison companies you yeah know I mean? making rap videos where you're in like in prison and it's all cool man i'm, I'm but, hard i'm in prison yeah man. that's just draws people there like you know, it is like, a oh, death yeah, sentence, well. though, in this community, you know, or in this society, I should say, because as soon as you get in, like, like Dusty was saying, your life is fucked, you know, in the mainstream sense, like you're going to have a real fucking tough time getting a real job. You're going to have a real tough time reintegrating into society after what you've been into, depending on how long you've been in there. I mean, it, it it's messed up for sure. Which is fucked because I've worked with people that have like when, when I was working in construction, I worked with people that only this company would hire, uh, you know, like, you know, these pr- people that got out of jail and prison and whatnot, like they were only able to work for this company and like a couple others here in Tucson. And maybe it's because like I could go to prison at any point, probably like, you know, I, I I'm not like the most. You know, I, I'm I'm definitely an upstanding member of society, I would say. But like, I dude, there's no reason why I'm not homeless, and you know, so many other people. I, in my opinion, so I could agree with a lot of these people, and I could see eye to eye with a lot of these people. But like, they're some of the greatest people. These people that get out of prison and they're just grateful to be working, unless they're putting on a great front. Like some of these people are just phenomenal people to talk with and they're funny and they have life experience. And, you know, I can I can have conversations with these kinds of people more than I can with someone that graduated with a doctorate from fucking, you know, wherever, you know, they're more relatable. So and a lot of them just made a bad choice. You know, I mean, they had a bad day. They made a bad choice. They're not bad people. They just did something wrong or bad. And 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 so. The, the craziest shit is the people that go in there for weed and shit like that. And it's like, man, you're right. ruining somebody's life over this. Like, they're not a bad person the at taxes. all. Yeah. And come on, white, any white collar crime. Fuck that. You know, especially if it's taken from the I, I, I think the rich people that take advantage of the poor people, that's fucking yeah, disgusting. That's but people that are, there's like uh, my bad. <laughs> I keep no, I think like the uh, the apocalyptic if like the apocalypse shit really happens, man. Fucking prisoners and like redneck wilderness people are the ones that are going to survive because yep. prisoners are getting jacked and yoked, eating fucking ramen noodles and scraps. You know what I mean? Like they can survive on very little and still be prosperous. A lot of these people that they got all the the equipment, they got the you know tactical vests and all that kind of crap, the guns. When the prisoner it's an apocalypse shit and they all get out, that's gonna be their shit now. <laughs> if it's just you, that's why you need community and stuff like that. You know what I mean? You need 
team because these are the kind of people you're going to be competing against in, in those kind of scenarios. You know, so you, oh, the guy, oh, I got my gun. I'm going to protect everything I got. You're not going to do it alone. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I don't want to. I don't want to shift gears too too quickly, but I wanted to get to the uh, the Las Vegas Sphere hmm. because this is one uh-huh. I've seen. I haven't looked at in, into it that much. I know, Ryan, you did a podcast. I got it downloaded uh, to listen to this week on it, and I've just seen a couple of you know quick videos on the different things that it does. But this thing, it it is a hot button right now. So let's talk about it a little bit. Yeah, man. I uh, so Kim had actually brought this up to me, and I thought it was very interesting. Um, it's a weird spot, man. Like even like the coordinates when you when you like numerologically simplify it down, it's three north, three west, thirty three. Like it's it's wild. Um, three hundred and sixty feet tall, three six. You know what I mean? Like it's it, over and over again. There's like uh, all kinds of numerological things. Apollo is one of the construction companies that's involved with it. Vici bought the mineral rights that are under it. Vici, like the Vidi Vidi Vici thing. Like, you know, I came, I saw, I conquered, you know, conquering these mineral rights. Like that's, that's like what, what's owning these mineral rights underneath this sphere. And it's supposed to change like the entire way that people experience entertainment the first dude that is, uh, you know, doing any kind of performance there is the, the director from Requiem for a Dream, uh, Mother, The Whale, um, Pie, all these weird fucking like emotionally charged movies. Right. I don't know if you guys have seen Mother, but it's like a very disturbing movie. Um, obviously, Requ- occultic and stuff like that, you know, like God and uh, she keeps rebirthing. Right. And reincarnating. It's like God keeps destroying her. Ugh, it's not it's not producing correctly. Yeah, 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 I don't yeah, I don't want to, you know, ruin it for anybody because I think that it's something that no, no, I don't think that that ruined it at all, dude. But yeah, exactly. It's like this weird fucking idea, but it's a strange, strange person to have do the first ever show because not a lot of people know this guy's name. It's like Darren Aronofsky, I think is his name. And uh, then you, too, is going there after him. But long story short, I think that this little dome is going to be like an energy harvesting plant, much like a lot of other stadiums are like, I'm not reaching too far by saying that stadiums and all these different things harness energy because you go there, you're, you're, you're going there to see your team either win or lose. And whether they win or lose, you're charged up or you're charged down, no matter what happens when you go to a stadium, right? Um, you can go there. I, I most recently I went to uh, the Glendale Stadium, the Arizona Cardinals Stadium, to watch Red Hot Chili Peppers, and it was like an electric atmosphere. You know what I mean? It was fucking incredible to watch this band that I've listened to for 20, 30 years um, just shred out there. It was incredible. So that's the kind of shit that's going to go on here. The biggest artists are going to perform at this thing, and if you go to their website, um, we can pull up their website too. They show how prevalent the science is in this building. Um, you got like the, the three tabs, the shows, the science and the artists. And uh, you can pull them up on Wikipedia, uh, this, this place and their website will be down there at the bottom, right? Okay. Um, yeah. You can type in Las Vegas sphere, Wikipedia, yeah, go down to the right. And you'll see all these different theorems and all this shit right there. Um. It's like they're very proud of the science that goes into this. And, you know, the old word word uh, music comes from muse in ancient Greece, 
where these people were worshiping these entities that were mixing art and science. And I think that that's what this thing is doing here. You know, there's not much information out there on this, but I just think that this is what this is. This is art and science. This is a muse. I mean, scroll through all these fucking different theorems and formulas that they brag about. It's like, who the fuck is going to go here and be like, what what went into this? You know, they're just going to enjoy the experience, but they're very, very proud of the science that went into this building. You got Snell's law. It seems like, yeah, they've used everything. It's, you know, all these different math equations, linear stress, constitutive equation, like, what the fuck? And they give a little description of what each thing is. There's screens all around the outside of it. So, like, it'll be an eye sometimes. It'll be the moon. It'll be the earth. It'll be all kinds of different things. Yeah, these are the shows. That postcard from Earth is the guy from Darren... Uh, I, f- I forget his last name. This is the director from Requiem for a Dream. Uh, major climate change activist. You know what I mean? Like just, you know, one of those types. So I think that this has something to do with energy harvesting, in my opinion. And then, like, I got into the whole thing. I actually shouted you out uh, a decent amount on the episode, Matt, because, like, you talked about these old buildings where they were built in a certain way where the frequencies that would, you know, rattle all throughout the building would be healing. Right. You know that if they built a a building like this and they're going to try and harness frequencies, which they talk about doing, it's not going to be healing. This is going to be a very harmful building, I think. Yeah. And and looking at this, I just got some World Fair vibes from it, too, because it says here, Postcard from Earth, a sphere experience is the very first show created to take full advantage of the 22nd century technology inside sphere. It's going to be unreal. And that's kind of what they did at the World's Fair, where they would show you what's coming they're they're going to give you show you what they're going to be put, uh, promoting going forward and and that's what this really sounds like and i'm with you on that everything they do now is energetic so i absolutely believe this is some sort of harvesting or like you know like we talk about how the old architecture had healing you know properties and frequencies and things i think this is the total opposite i think this is a you know, what some would call louche. Right. And, you know, I, I was looking into music a little bit and I talked about this recently. Um, you know, the golden ratios, uh, you know, and I'm no fucking scientist here, but I, I was reading up on this and it's, you know, eight to five. Right. Yep. Um, so you have eight, five. Are you familiar with like the chromatic uh, music scale? Not really. I'm not a musician. Me neither. Uh, Again, like, so like this is all hearsay on my side, but I was looking at this. So the chromatic music scale is seven to five for whatever reason. It should be eight to five realistically, but that's like the idea with the piano uh, scales. You've got seven white keys, five black keys. Okay. When you line these up and I'll actually show a a picture of this. Um, When you line these up, you get to go to Mendes or the, the star of Baphomet or whatever you want to call it. You get an upside down triangle when you line these up from um yeah because i didn't see the golden ratio in that list of the science so to speak but you did see pi yeah pi is right there right i mean that's the same same thing well uh you know that movie pi it's about that uh mathematician who's um tasked to find the secret code of god you know like god's name you know you can spell it out through math and uh you know there's even a scene where he's he's in there and he's the uh, uh a 
rabbi dude, like a Jewish guy comes in there. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm doing, you know, crazy math stuff or whatever. And he starts, the Jewish guy starts showing him gematria. And he's like, oh, that's cool. He's like, and he's like, that's, that's a uh, child stuff here. Let me show you this. And he starts uh, breaking out the Fibonacci sequence for him. And the guy's like, oh shit. You know, the golden ratio, the spiral. And it just shows how uh, smoke is just moving in the air and stuff like that. You ever like, you know, people who smoke, you smoke and the smoke hits uh, sunlight and you could see the wall of smoke, but you could see it just all moving, right? Like some sort of like lava, lava lamp. So that's like 3D and 2D, right? The the light is making a 2D. So right. so it's crazy how it, it even though it's three dimensional, it's moving out and everything like that. You're seeing it essentially on a screen, right? And uh, so the spoiler alert for people who want to go watch it, you know, like uh, the guy goes crazy <laughs> and ends up drilling, you know, lobotomizing himself. And um, the thing about that too is the god's name the Shephagorath, right 216 letters long that's uh three uh 72s right and boom, yeah and um so uh that's the whole uh pyramid thing the pyramid and the cube and stuff like that so even though it's a circle essentially it's the cube within the circle right mm -hmm. and then the triangle and like what we talked about before with the triangles how everything can essentially be broken down to small, small triangles. That's so, well. That's one thing that they talk about with the sphere. It's all built with triangles. Like they talk about that. That's one of those theorems that you can get to if you scroll down far enough. This is built with all triangles. And I think that it has something to do with that sun square that I was looking at. Yeah, um, because that's uh, one side. That's one side of a uh, six-sided cube. But, but the way it's designed, you only see one side of the cube, right? 108. Sure. So Fibonacci, he says the, the number 108 is the, uh, it represents the wholeness of the universe, right? But you only see 108, which means you only see one side. There still is another dimension, and that's the uh, 216, 108 times 2, because you would have the other three sides. That's your uh, what Matt was saying with the uh, tetrahedron, how you essentially have one triangle of positive energy spinning around like a battery, and then you have another triangle or pyramid of negative energy spiraling the opposite way and going down. So that's like our, that's essentially what it all is. You know, it's like the circle within the triangle, within the square thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man. So real quick, I'll read this thing and then uh, you guys can just chat about it. I'm just kind of skipping down a little bit here. Um, so like this talks about like the Greek mythology thing and it's very, very strange, like just the the whole way that this breaks down, uh, kind of wild, but I'm trying to move my fucking thing over here. So it says, um, this is called the pentatonic scale because there are five black keys and the golden mean ratio is eight to five. Then why do we only use seven white keys? Um, there is also the tritone or the devil's chord which is interesting because the evil carries a triton, right? Uh, devil carries a pitchfork. Neptune carries, um, you know, the the same kind of thing in, in Greek mythology. So this breaks down to when you take your seven white keys and your five black keys, a total of 12, you get this, dude, starting with D and going in a circle and, you know, descending sounds, 
you take all these notes. These are the black keys. So every single point is one of the black keys. And the seven untouched points are the white keys on a piano scale. Um, so for whatever reason, the piano was like deliberately designed, which is kind of what like a lot of music is based on, right? Like they anything that you can play on a piano, you can play on a guitar and vice versa. Um, anything that you can play with any kind of chords or any kind of notes, you can play on a piano or anything like it's all based on a piano. But instead of, you know, having eight to five, eight white keys five black keys you've got seven so that it adds up to 12 and it makes this perfect pentagram it's very interesting dude this is a really good site too by the way uh trick by the light um there's a lot of really good information on here so just a weird thing dude weird thing yeah that's crazy yeah it's a it's an interesting thing some of the other shit they talk about on here is um I'll show you. It's all about like the like they talk about near death experiences. They do movies, music, language, the God, uh, like pan um, aliens, light, moon, sun, and then solutions. They had some other tabs that were kind of removed, I guess, at a certain point. They had like a really great tab on like company logos, like big corporate logos and how they were sun worship and all these different things. But for whatever reason, they removed some of them. But uh, yeah, this is a great site for just tons of information on basically like why when you die, you should not go towards the light is basically what this site is saying. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what this site talks about. So something to look at. I've heard that more and more recently is that, yeah, you want to avoid the light. Light is is not the light you're looking for. It's tough, man. Light the light's Lucifer, right? So it's it's really yeah. tough to to know because uh, you know, I haven't died yet that I know about. Maybe I have many times, and who knows? You know, it's kind of hard to know. But um, yeah, I, I, you always hear go like don't go towards the light. Like they say that in movies all the time. Like yeah, don't go to the light. I don't know. It's weird, man. I heard this theory that about going to the light where it's like a reintroduction into another life like a whole reincarnation cycle and if you don't get out of that like if you don't go to the light you'll be able to go on but i've heard a theory recently that somebody told me that if you go into the lights like a whole reincarnation cycle hmm. i've heard that 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 light is the moon and that's what the moon is because our moon's fucking mm -hmm. weird man like the the, the fact that, that it just goes around us and it it doesn't go like this. It just goes like that the whole time. The same side we're seeing. It's not a natural thing. It doesn't seem like it seems like that's like, you know, from this, according to this one theory, that that's what you see when you die and your soul's going to that moon and then they figure out what to do with you there. That's just a theory. I don't, I don't know how legit that is, but I think it's interesting. I mean, with the reincarnation thing, uh, it's almost like if you live a really good life and everything went perfect for you and you were happy, I mean, why would you want to live another life? Wouldn't you want to just live that life forever? So I feel like that's kind of the reincarnation thing. It's like, oh, you get there, you did everything, you know, you tried your best, you overcame hardships, you know, uh, you got up off the ground and did, you know, and lived a happy life. Uh, you're kind of like, no, nah, I'm tapped out here and I'm just going to go into the light and this is going to be my version of heaven reality now or you could be like okay yeah I, I see where i went wrong here i see where i'm wrong there i'm gonna try again you know so maybe that's kind of how i feel like reincarnation goes you know once you know because 
really, I mean, if you live a great life and you have the best people in your life, like you wouldn't want another reality without them. Why would you just start over again for no reason? <laughs> you know, it's like start over and then you, you know, deal with the bullshit. So I think that's what it's kind of is. It's like living the best life for you and being content with that. You know? Interesting. Yeah, I never. I, I I haven't really thought about the re. I used to think about it a lot. Now I'm starting to get off the reincarnation train just because I just don't know. You know, I'm like, why would you want to do this again? Yeah, like, what's happened to you? Unless you you wanted to try to live a better life, you know, because you don't want that eternity to be your eternity, like hell, you know. Yeah, so. and I don't know, Dan. I I think life's beautiful, dude. I think it's a very I, I think that I could see why like spiritual beings would want to do this thing over and over again. Like these perfect beings that have never felt any kind of stress, you know, like if we're all like in our, in our deepest, like our souls, if they're all spiritual, like beings that are just full of light, never zero suffering, maybe they would want to experience like a little LARPing type situation. You hey, know? come down and get some booty. <laughs> Name yeah. of the game, right? <laughs> come clap some cheeks, come drink some alcohol, come have some fun. Like, you know who knows man like that little temptation i don't know i i could definitely see why some like you know some beings would want to do this stuff you know sin city there's that whole theory about like area 51 or whatever it's just a, a hangout spot for aliens to come in and hang out in las vegas and just party get drunk and, <laughs> you know, get laid and do some crazy shit and then go back to the reality when it's where it's boring and nothing would surprise me <laughs> fucking vegas baby to tie back into the sphere right yeah um, segue yeah right well i i think this is a good time to wrap it up guys this has been fucking great conversation man we went all over the map uh let's go around let people know where they can find you dusty we'll start with you my friends you can find me on instagram at the rainy day horror show um dm me anything horror related or if you have a cool story and i will tell it on the podcast for you so nice well thanks for joining us brother you're welcome. I had fun. Thank you. We'll definitely, we'll definitely have to have you back, and maybe we'll do a paranormal episode, or or we'll go the true crime route, Rye, and we'll get the, the try and get the female viewers up. I, I have. Need, we need more female viewers. Women buy more merch. I will tell you that right now. Women always buy more shit. So yeah, we need to up the ante with the with the women viewership or listenership. We've been trying. I mean, I know, I know, you, I know you, Catalyst you, was pissed. I know Catalyst was pissed about we did ladies night and he said that was his idea, but Hey, it is what it is. Yeah. That's not anybody's idea, man. People are starting to take conspiracy kitchen and stuff. Like it's a thing, dude. Yeah. Like you're in, there's no original ideas out there. So yeah, man, ladies night, I, I say 3.0. Let's do it. Yep. It's on Ron. Where can they hey, find man. the imaginary of thought and all your cool shit? Uh, uh, any, uh, you know, places you get podcasts and stuff like that and also um i was gonna say we just did an episode with uh dusty and uh you know for people to go check out that episode uh he's got some really awesome stories you know and stuff like that <laughs> check out his show too he's got probably the best intro in the game not gonna lie <laughs> yeah that thing is awesome thank yeah. you but uh yeah um uh we're hoping to come out with some you know come back in and uh, start pumping out episodes weekly again just you know summer's just been it is what it is. It's a grind, you know, out there. And 
uh but yeah have fun and uh thanks for having me on man this is a great time and this is you know well worth you know getting this webcam and all that. thank you great. man thanks for uh thanks for introducing me to dusty too that was that i didn't even know his show was out there and now i'm real interested in his work so <laughs> yeah man great stuff man put some uh you know effort into it <laughs> Yeah, it's always well, and the thing is, that's why we started this. I want I want to talk to new people every week. You know, I like I like hearing new people. I like hearing their story. You know, what they're into because everybody does everything a little bit differently, and you know, and then we can connect some people. I'd love to hear Dusty get together with Nico and see, hear some of the shit they can pass back and forth with paranormal and stuff like that. Because oh, that'd be fire. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole nother world that's outside my realm, but I love listening to it. I know nothing about it, but I'm like a I'm like a paranormal rejector. I get I get none of that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I talk about all that crazy shit, man, but I want to see no ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen ghosts. That's the uh, problem. Shit. I've seen them in like twice and still I'm like, man, and, and and my my ex swears by it too. So it's not like I I had some uh hallucination or something. Or was you know sleep dream like a, a wake dream? She saw the same shit. So, yeah, man, that's creepy stuff, and I'm I'm interested. I just want no part of it. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Ryan, how's I, I love the book reviews. By the way, keep doing those, man. I am I've I've gotten a couple good book recommendations through your reviews. Yeah, I like to say that I I read a lot of bad books, so you don't have to. Yeah, <laughs> and thank you for that. I've got this uh, never-ending stream of uh, questionable books here. Yeah, mostly health stuff lately. And uh, your next question would be where to find me. You could find everything I do on my website, notusbooks.org. It's actually been down for a couple of days. It never ends with this online stuff. It should be back on by the time most people are listening. It's just a minor error. Notusbooks.org. And my podcast is back up. It was taken down last month. It was put it back up this month. Brand new podcast, same name, not us and friends. It's really notice and friends. It's just spelled not us, not us and friends. And I've got a handful of episodes up there, but lots of good stuff to come. Going more into detail these days. Spent uh, several years going over the, I call it the kindergarten stuff, you know, the ABCs of alternative health and doing all the basics and all the general stuff over and over and over. So enjoying going into the details more recently. And like you said, people are are really starting to wake up to this stuff, which is a beautiful thing, man. The more people we can get out of the allopathic system and into natural healthcare, the, the, the better off everybody's going to be. Huge step. Yeah. Towards getting people into truth in general and, if you think about it, you could be as woke as you want. If you don't have your health, what what do you got? You know, what do you, what do you got? That's it. You can have all the money in the world too. You can't buy health, unfortunately. You can you can do some things to help, but when your day comes, your day comes. Unfortunately, yeah, there More there is no subject that's more important, in my opinion, at the end of it all. Absolutely. Well, thank you, man. I, I always appreciate you having on. Thanks for joining us. And thank you for having me, as always. Definitely. Right, what do we got going on Dangerous World lately? Not much, man. Same old stuff. I had to step away for a second to let the dogs out. Um, there's snakes out here this time of year, man. Rattlesnakes, king snakes, all kinds of shit. The rain's going to bring uh, Colorado River toads, which are very dangerous for dogs. I don't know if you guys know that, but yeah, they will fuck up a dog. Bad. Dude, speaking so. of rain, we got blasted this Did weekend. You? 
Like I'm, last I night, I, I was down in Connecticut and last night between, I know in New York, one part of New York got seven inches of rain in three hours. Wow. And I, I think we got, we got a couple inches in like two hours and I was trying to drive to my parents' house or roads just totally flooded out. I just heard some road up one of the like route 10 up in New Hampshire just got washed out in a section of it. So, and Vermont's supposed to be getting it too. And it's, it's rain. Like I've never seen before, man. I mean, this is just torrential. Now was your old man in one of the pictures that you guys took for the baseball game? I'm sure. Yeah. Cause I swear I was like, that's Matt. But then I, it, I got first glance, but then I was like, Oh wait, that's way too old. And I was like, Oh, that's Matt's dad. I guarantee. Oh and yeah. Look, that's, that was probably there. my pop son. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's my so dad funny. and my brother and my sister were all in there. That's what, that's what I go back for. You know, it's like a, it's like a, our family, we're dysfunctional as can be as a family, but for one weekend a year, we put all the bullshit aside and just go to this. It's a charity softball tournament yeah. for these kids that died uh in a car crash about 25 years ago that you know we knew the family and stuff so they've been doing this was the 20th anniversary of the tournament and uh it's awesome everybody you know it's one of those where everybody brings tents you set up tent city and you're just there basically for the weekend we get there you know saturday morning you leave at sundown saturday night you show up again sunday and eating food and drinking and just shooting the shit and it's a blast man it's awesome do you partake in the booze for that one weekend? I did. I did have a couple drinks this weekend. That's great. I, I, I broke it out. And my brother-in-law, who is, you know, he's a, a great guy. But, man, he he's fucking also like 6'5 and pushing three bills. This kid can drink like no other. And uh, and he got he started making these. I don't know what it was. It was tequila and, and lime and uh seltzer and they were so smooth man i put a couple of those down and there you go good times but yeah so i did break the streak i hadn't drank at all this year so that was the first time i had a drink yeah it's healthy to drink a little every once in a while uh dude i will say uh for him maybe let him know throw a little tequila a mango white claw and a watermelon white claw together okay that's a nice really gay huh sounds really gay I mean, uh, he's, you're talking about seltzer and tequila. I don't know what's gayer than that. That's exactly what I just described. Oh, I know. That's what I'm saying. I can't drink those white claws, man. There's something about That's that. That's what seltzer stuff. is. Is it? Yeah. So I maybe you're a little gayer than you thought. I mean, that's what it, I, I just you're just like, oh, shit. I'm like, I have no clue. I don't even I, I've had one one or two and they're just I'm like, oh, I feel like shit after drinking those things. Yeah, they're they're rough. But, you know, that's the thing. So, yeah, man, it's just a fun thing. But I'm glad that you enjoyed your week. And uh, hopefully you guys all enjoyed your week, too. And uh, same old stuff going on over here. I don't know if you got anything else going on other than what you were talking about there, man. But yeah, another fun show, dude. This is a yeah, great one. I appreciate it, guys. This is this has been a really good one another pretty light one we didn't get too dark we didn't get into the real conspiracies which is great i love doing that shit because everybody's beating that stuff into the ground we could have easily talked about the coke in the white house and you know the submarine and all that shit it's like enough's enough already let's find something original to talk about so thank you guys for uh making that possible and uh thanks for another great monday night master debaters everybody uh stay strong question everything
give them the desire again for individual freedom. And I'm going to tell them that as long as dictatorships remain in the world, we better remain well armed, because the next time we're not going to get two years to get ready. They're going to jump us overnight. And I'm going to tell them that there's only one government which is capable of handling the atomic control, world disarmament, world employment, world peace, and that's a world government. People of 13 states started the United States of America. Well, I think that the people of that many nations are now ready to start a United States of the world, with or without Russia. And I mean a United States of the world. One Bill of Rights, international law, international currency, international citizenship. And I'm going to tell them that the brotherhood of man is not just an idealistic dream.